You're listening to Unscripted with Alex, a podcast that empowers young families to make choices that are best for them and their children. Hello, Clayton. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Alex. It's um, exciting to be here. I quite enjoy listening to podcasts. I find myself often listening to them more than listening to music a lot of the time these days, and it's a great way to multitask. And first time on this side of the, the microphone, so looking forward to it. It is a good way to consume information, um, especially for busy families. Yes, and I've I've got one of those now, and I live in a house with a, my wife and two girls, so I'm outnumbered there, and things are always busy. But no, I've got a got a great wife who uh, does an awful lot. So today's conversation is going to be talking about um, COVID and getting back into exercise after COVID, and specifically around preventing long COVID. One of the main treatments they're sort of looking at is around using um, physiotherapists and exercise physiologists to help with uh, symptoms of long COVID. Um, So before we dive into the nitty gritty of that, can you just explain to the uh, listeners what an exercise physiologist is? Because that's what you are. Sure. So uh, I guess a lot of people get exercise physiologists a little bit mixed up with physios sometimes. And um, they do sound a little bit the same. And in fact, we do sort of have areas that that overlap a little bit. You know, we both often uh, prescribe exercises to patients to to help with their rehab and recoveries. Probably the biggest difference is that exercise physiologists tend to work a little bit more with people with chronic conditions. So being persisting for 12 weeks or more and use an active treatment approach. So whereas our physios can also use an active treatment approach, but particularly for uh, acute injuries. So yeah, you're more working with um, actually prescribed exercise for um, treating chronic illnesses. So I was looking at the causes around long COVID and obviously they're not Mm. really 100% sure. There's a few possible theories that they have. Some of the theories that they're thinking is maybe it's creating like a reservoir that's still got an antigen that's causing some symptoms, um, possibly causing some type of autoimmune response with inflammation, which is probably where I suppose your dream is coming in to help people with inflammation symptoms and stuff like that. Um, Can you explain to us a little bit about what is long COVID and what are some of the signs? With long COVID, what we're seeing and how we would define it as long COVID is COVID-like symptoms that are persisting for a period of time longer than normal. Now, I think in our, our current guidelines is if they persist for more than two weeks to go and see a primary care provider and certainly anything past four weeks. And how long can those symptoms last then for some people with long COVID? Are we talking like some people might go 12 weeks or half a year? or? Yeah, it can vary a lot um, between individuals and um, I'm not sure we really fully understand mm. uh, what to expect there yet because it is in such the early stages. But um, in, in terms of the, the symptoms there you were asking about, I think there's been a total of about 200 symptoms in total reported. So wow. we're dealing with a very wide range of symptoms here. When you're dealing with that many symptoms, it's very easy to, to misdiagnose things as well because uh, obviously that can show up as, as many other things. So, you know, that sort of process of, of ruling things out and doing really, really thorough screening processes is important. That said, though, uh, probably the most common one that uh, we see with long COVID would be extreme fatigue, just a sort of lethargy, a tiredness, almost like a chronic fatigue. You know, everything's 10 times harder than it should be. 
that in itself is going to be quite tricky, isn't it? Because oh, people yeah. are already got um, yeah. chronic fatigue. So then, is it chronic fatigue or is it long COVID? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and we don't know the cause of chronic fatigue. Exactly. Yes. Shortness of breath is another one. That's affect the pulmonary system. Any heart palpitations, chest pain, tightness. Uh, we're also seeing problems with memory and and concentration. A lot of people talk about episodes of brain fog and yeah even things like changes to taste and smell you might go off your favorite food and it almost reminds me of, of, of my wife during your pregnancy you know yes. <laughs> Yes. She's not listening, but um, yeah, yeah. The diet can go into all sorts of strange areas. It can, it can, can, yes. Um, And other than that, I think, uh, yeah, sometimes we see joint and muscle pain. And and all of those things, you know, as you touched on, can vary in severity level. Yeah, some of those obviously sound quite scary, particularly around heart palpitations and um, breathing issues. So obviously it's very important to do a thorough screening and rule out um, actual heart conditions like heart failure. And I can imagine if someone is feeling fatigued and having brain fog and low energy, they're not really going to be keen on exercising. And so we will talk a bit about mm. how they're going to get back into movement. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think especially, you know, with regard to exercise, things that we do have to be particularly mindful of mm. is is those fatigue elements, both during and after exercise, any dyspnea, so shortness of breath, cough, often it's a dry cough, and, of course, any chest pain or tightness. And, and the other thing that I think pops up quite a bit with regard to, to exercise and long COVID is something called post-exertional malaise. Is that something you've... No, no. but explain. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling so, crappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically just something that makes everything worse. Mm. <laughs> it's a worsening of, of symptoms following even just a very mild bout of physical activity or even a small amount of mental stimulation. Because obviously normally do, after doing exercise, you often feel really good if, it, if it's normal yeah, exercise. Yeah, yeah, often a bit of moderate intensity exercise in the morning. You sort of find in most people their, their energy levels go up and um, they, they feel better the rest of the day. They tend to sleep better and, and things start to improve in, in a whole range of fronts. But certainly with post-exertional malaise, you can see a worsening of symptoms progressively getting worse right through the first day, even the second day sometimes, and then that lasting for days or weeks. And what is the latest research around preventing long COVID in terms of movement? So if you've had a COVID infection, like how quickly can you get into exercise and is that Mm. potentially going to cause long COVID or? I think um, before I answer that Mm. question directly, I think it's probably also important to consider some of the secondary conditions that commonly occur following a COVID infection. You know, there's things such as psychosocial factors, which we've heard are really on the increase. Um, So dive into that a little bit. Yeah, so things like depression and anxiety increasing. Just not being nervous about getting out in public and socialising again. Well, in fact, I'm not sure we even know whether there is actually a biological change in the brain that occurs with um, Uh, COVID or whether it is those... Um, sociological, environmental aspects, but there's certainly things that are, are more prevalent to be to 
to be aware of, you know, affected sleep, appetite and nutrition. And so I think we need to be aware of all of these things as well in order to, to best uh, manage their, their recovery from an exercise point of view. So, sorry, your question was um, the, the latest research around prevailing long yeah. COVID. That's a tough one because we are still in the very early stages of that. Research is happening at a very rapid pace at the moment, but there is limited evidence for specific exercise, if you like, as a, as a treatment method. And I think we need to take a, a fairly conservative approach at this stage. And I think it's also important to always you know, stick to the you know, ethical foundations of, of medicine, of, of do no harm. That said... When it comes to prevention strategies, some of the research I've seen really try and break it down a little bit into to different groups. And a lot of those groups tend to depend on the stage and the severity of symptoms. For example, you know, if someone hasn't contracted COVID, then exercise promoting a strong immune system. So to, if you haven't had COVID, you're mm. saying, yeah, so keeping yeah. your exercise up and staying really fit and yeah. healthy to boost your immune system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is what we would, we would call prehabilitation. Okay. Now, if someone was going in to have a, a large knee replacement, well, we know that the better condition that they are in before having that done, the faster the recovery. All else being equal and with a healthy person, our, our immune systems with regards to exercise start off fairly low if we're very sedentary it's better and better as we exercise more maybe half an hour an hour a day of, of, of moderate intensity exercise and then it starts to fall off that cliff and head downwards after that when we start to get too many things on our plate maybe we're training for a marathon where we're running ourselves into the ground, so to speak, and that causes another big fall. I was wondering what you, what you would say about, yeah, people that are maybe trying, uh, training for like Ironman and um, yeah. marathons and things because, yeah, it must get to a certain point where that's putting the body's immune system under pressure. And so that group of people obviously would have to have been quite mindful or would be quite mindful. I'm saying would have had to be in that we've probably moved through the peak, but it's still very prevalent. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yes. The, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, with these sorts of things around exercise and COVID, are kids and adults in the same group or would we say they're sort of separate and their um, kids don't have as big a risk with a long COVID? Or? I guess it depends really on the stage of that COVID infection the person is in. You know, someone who's recently acquired COVID or they're in the you know the early phase of, of recovery. Yeah, those those things really need to be guided by the severity of the infection. They might be totally asymptomatic. So knowing what you're sort of dealing with there at the start certainly helps to frame the treatment plan going forward from that. I guess as a more general recommendation, you know, I think Strenuous exercise while you're actually affected, that acute phase of, of COVID infection should generally be avoided. Yeah. And that kind of goes across that adults and, and kids um, demography as well. But yeah, we know that exercising while infected with COVID definitely increases the risk of inflammatory cardiac and pulmonary complications. Does that include even light exercise, like you know, getting out of the house and going for a walk? No, I think I think things like that that are quite light uh, are, are good things to do if you can. Yeah, because that means getting out in fresh air, exactly. getting sun exposure, yeah, yeah. good for your your mind as well and the body. Yep. And so, um, what what I would actually say, and this might sound a little bit strange coming from an exercise physiologist, <laughs> is stay at home and rest. Is yeah. Well, 
look, I think not not total rest, but to, to at least prioritise getting back to work and your normal daily activities. Right? Okay. Don't try to just resume your life as it was, you know, by only let's, you know, the clock's ticked over this and let's just, you know, go back to how it was, you know, like in a time machine. It doesn't work that way. Until you can resume your normal activities of, of daily living and you're resuming your normal job, and that varies for a lot of people, of course, right? I mean, some people are very sedentary. Some people, uh, you know, might be a a brickie's labourer and they're you know, running around with, with wheelbarrows full of concrete all day and, and so they get definitely their fair share of incidental exercise so there's there's different physical demands there. I guess I would say, you know, try to get two weeks of, of doing those normal things before you start to look at starting to bring the exercise back in. Do you find yourself constantly reaching for sugary foods? It's no secret that eating too much sugar can wreak havoc on your gut health. Not only does it feed bad gut bacteria, but it can also cause inflammation and damage to the gut lining. Fatika Co's Gut Health Protocol is here to help. Our simple four-week reset program is designed to remove triggers and unwanted microbes, supporting you through your sugar hangover and repairing the gut. So why wait? Start feeling better today with Fatika Co's Gut Health Protocol. Yeah, that's interesting. So with other um, illnesses, you might, you know, if you've had, I don't know, tonsillitis once tonsillitis is gone you know really relatively quickly energy and stuff will come back and you might be able to resume activity pretty quickly Mm. i suppose this is a a different illness and everybody has to listen to their body and go at their own pace and listening to your body sometimes is a very good guide in terms of when you are then starting to integrate a little bit of exercise you know i I recommend starting with with short bouts of about 10 minutes of of light aerobic exercise as you touched on there walking's a great one Uh, getting outside some fresh air what about swimming is that light or what would you classify in that light group if a few a few activities so Talking about intensity, what I would classify as light, if we were to rate our level of breathing difficulty, let's say, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 might be sitting on the couch watching TV, so complete, completely rested, uh, unless it's a horror movie or something. So <laughs> 10 is basically, call the ambulance, I'm as out of breath as you can possibly imagine. And so somewhere in the middle, you know, 5 or 6 might be, you can still talk to somebody while you're exercising but you probably couldn't sing a song so I'll, i would start off at about a three out of ten That's so you can carry a conversation you can carry a conversation yep. fairly easily no. depending on the weather coming into winter now as to whether you might even raise a, a light sweat or not and with children they obviously um especially younger children will just go and can run amok and just run and have so much energy in them. You could bottle it. (laughs) Yeah, right. So what about with them? If parents have got kids that have had um, COVID, I suppose, unwell for a few days, bedridden for a little bit possibly, Mm. and then they've recovered and they just want to go and run around the backyard and, you know, have all that energy, would you just let them go and do it or do you want to try and pace your children? In the same way that you would pace yeah, yourself. Sure, this. sure. In a way, those guidelines I spoke about before about, you know, starting off with maybe 10 minutes 
of pacing at low intensity, monitoring how you feel, your symptoms during and after. Kids, I think, when when they're at home in the in the midst of you know a lockdown or that you know in the middle of their acute uh, COVID infection, it's, I think it's recommended that you know they do engage in a little bit of play, a little bit of walking, just just light intensity play and activity, yeah. okay. and, and I think that's fine too. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids play sport, right? So mm-hmm. uh, and they're all pretty keen to get back to that, and and that's good because you don't want to let the team down and and things like that. And I wouldn't encourage them to get back into that until all the symptoms have completely um, cleared. With children, then once all of their symptoms have gone, and um, they can pretty much resume their usual weekend sports as as they want to. Mm. With adults, then they we we seem to not be as fit as our kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> we might start off in that ten minutes of slow activity. After that ten minutes, what would we build I think, to? I think starting with ten minutes and getting yourself or walking at a pace that gets your breathing difficulty up to about a three out of ten. Mm-hmm. And so I think gradually increasing, maybe every couple of days, either the amount of time that you're physically active for or the intensity, but probably not both at the same time. Interesting. So you might mm. go for a 10 minute walk and just try to build up to a 30 minute walk. And once yeah. you've achieved that, then you might try to go for a 30 minute yeah. jump. Yeah, and, and maybe partial steps along the way to yeah. that, but they would be good sort of end goals, I think over you know a period of a few weeks and, and just monitoring it along the way. And do you know, does your prior, um, your, your prior fitness level impact your chances of getting long COVID? If they were really fit prior to getting COVID, are they less likely to get long COVID? That's an interesting question. And in, in, in most cases, uh, you would say having a, a good fitness base would would help you in a, in, a, in a way, it's kind of that prehabilitation, right? You're sort of in a, in a better, healthier state mm. to then uh, recover quickly. It's, it's very early stages and there's certainly some mixed reports coming through with regard to this and some a little bit contradictory. So it's hard to really to put down uh, anything concrete on that at this stage. Although some studies suggest an increased risk, particularly of uh, myocardial involvement in moderate to severe symptomatic athletes. So these are you know, very sporty, active people who've had COVID and they've had moderate to severe symptoms and then sort of gone on to develop, you know, some of these long COVID symptoms. That's really interesting. So it is, that yeah. Is, so whether that is coming because of what we said before with their immune system maybe not being as strong because their body's constantly under stress, doing those amounts of exercise is a form of stress on the body. Yeah. Or whether it's because they're trying, they're also probably pretty keen to get back to exercise so maybe they're also returning to exercise. It might be. They might have a marathon coming up they're training for and so there's really high volume a lot of stress on the body there. Even, you know, mental stress seems to have a little bit of a link there as well. And so we've spoken a lot about then cardio exercise. What about um, more, if you like, your weight lifting and muscle or resistance type exercises? What we find is that some, some individuals tend to have a better tolerance to exercising in certain positions versus others, right? So somebody might have an ex- exacerbation of symptoms walking or jogging, then sometimes getting them in a, in a face down or in the back 
or even sitting. Exercise in those positions can be uh, much better tolerated. So things like swimming, maybe a recumbent bike, maybe even some some weight machines or weights from a seated position to doing some strength That's stuff. Right. These things are worth a try. Um, patients who have been impacted more severely, mm-hmm. who are requiring prolonged bed rest, in those instances, yeah. that sort of non-weight bearing can lead to a deterioration in, in muscle mass and strength very quickly and also bone density. And so where possible there, if you can, there's a few very simple sort of functional and compound strength exercises you can do. It's interesting how quickly your muscles can fatigue after um, being unwell and being in, in bed rest. So if somebody does have long COVID and they're wanting to work with an exercise physiologist to get mm. back into exercise, what's that process look like? Sure. So that would initially involve going through a thorough screening process, as we as we said earlier. And that's mostly to determine the patient's history, the severity of the infection, any sort of relevant medical and physical activity. And more often that can mean a, a multidisciplinary approach. I'm quite fortunate to work with a, a bunch of allied health colleagues. We're all in the same building. And while we're on that point, you do work at Bustleton Physiotherapy mm. Centre. Who are the mm. other allied health professionals in your centre? Yeah, look, we've got a couple of physios there, uh, a women's health physio, we have massage therapy, a couple of dietitians there. Yeah, it definitely sounds like so far with everything that we've spoken about, anybody who might be suspecting that they've got long COVID or they are going through long COVID, yeah, most likely need to have a, a, an approach from all different angles, looking at the body as a whole. It might be working through nutritional diets, what, what you're eating, but also nutritional deficiencies. So potentially um, supplements that might help with inflammation or, you know, even magnesium to help with muscle tensions and aches and pains and that sort of thing. Working with an exercise physiologist to build muscle strength and get them onto a program. So I think that is the part that people could really benefit from because it's hard to motivate yourself to move and when you're feeling unwell. So I suppose having someone like you, do you set a program for them? Yeah, and particularly when they're a little bit unsure and just like that comfort of having, you know, someone well-trained there watching them and supervising what they're doing. We would monitor their blood pressure. We would look at their oxygen saturation levels too, making sure they're not falling low. That can happen without you even realizing. And as well, just looking at and observing how that person seems to be responding to a particular level of exercise. Does their heart rate uh, kind of measure up to how heavily they're breathing or is there something a little bit um, yeah, not right about that that ratio there. So we, we try to be very thorough and try to identify any red flags there and, and that helps to give a bit of peace of mind and then, then we sort of create the um, a plan going forward and, and try to promote a little bit of patient uh, independence so that they can manage it themselves. Oh, my God. Then do you have any other suggestions, any other practical things that people can do? Obviously, if you're a parent and you want to, you know, you've got to look after kids, you want to be back in shape as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, is there any other practical things that you can suggest? Yeah, look, it's a juggling act, isn't it? And, and we're all so busy and we've got a lot of balls in the air and it's just... Uh, a case of trying to do the best we can mm-hmm. um, and I guess there's a lot of misinformation out there as well and hopefully things like this sort of help to, to put people on the right track. I think the most important thing if there was a take-home message from today is there are a lot of unknowns about the long-term effects of long COVID and so I think if we take a holistic view of it uh, there are certain principles that we know are safe if we stick to them 
I'm talking about, you know, lifestyle changes. Uh, you know, maybe going through all of those, seeing if there's something that, you know, you can improve on a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe starting with diet. You know, is there anything that you might be a little bit deficient in that could be contributing? For all we know, that uh, COVID may be taking advantage of and whatever that deficit may be. Um, you know, exercise, which we talked about a lot today. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking lots of water, not getting dehydrated. As you said before, going for a walk, getting outside, some sunshine. And, and a bit of socialisation, especially for those people who have been, you know, locked up a lot and haven't had that um, uh, social interaction. I think, uh, you know, trying to trying to avoid some of the the things that are bad for us, having some temperance there with, uh, you know, the, whether it's alcohol or, or binge eating on the couch with a bucket of ice cream and, you know, <laughs> some of those things that you regret later on. And, yeah going outside, getting some fresh air, or at least exercising in an area that has good clean air circulation, I think is yeah. really important. And probably one of the last ones is I think that um, probably needs to be talked about more is rest. Mm. Um, you know, do you have good sleep hygiene? Do you have, are you maintaining a good sort of circadian rhythm? You know, we do need a lot of, a lot of rest in order to um, function properly and, and physically and emotionally and I think with our, our very busy lives and, and with COVID and a lot of working from home and people bring things home and um, our days seem to drag out longer sometimes don't they than, than yeah. what perhaps they used to and you know what it's like you know you back in the day when you could go for a holiday <laughs> you come back feeling quite refreshed you know because you've been able to switch off to to all of those mental and emotional and physical stresses and, and leave it behind and feel quite rejuvenated so I think I think that's a really important thing and and, and making time for that as well. Um, Just those general health principles should help with improving your immune system so Mm. if we can start Mm. with doing the basics basics. (laughs) before you go into all the crazy other stuff like there's lots of things that you can do but why start with a really extreme thing when you can't even get the basics done? You've got to lay the foundation first I think and then and then you can go off into those more specific things. Yeah. And so um, if anybody wants to find you or the practice that you're at, how can they um, get in touch? Sure, yeah. Um, So the practice I work out of is bustle and physiotherapy. Uh, You might recognise that if you're going down Bustle Highway, it's uh, 55 Bustle Highway. Uh, It's now got a a blue tree at the front of it. Of course, yes, you can't miss the blue tree. Yeah, especially at night, it's got a light under it. So so, um, you don't miss it at night time. And the blue tree is there for mental health, right? Mental health, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And, And, you know, touching on that mental health side of things, I think at the appropriate time, you know, people should look to get engaged in, in, in social, physical activities, whether it is sport, whether it's, um, you know, joining joining a park run. You heard of yeah, so the park run in everywhere, is hey? fabulous. But yeah, you can get them. Yeah, and everywhere. you don't have to run. You can go at your own pace. Go for a walk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, chat to other people. I think is a really good thing. There's a, uh, a man walk group who go out at, that's half past six in the morning on Monday. I went this week myself. Oh, it was you? great. They're a great bunch of guys. I have yeah. seen them and it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. And often we have a, um, someone come along and, and, and talk about uh, something related to men's health, which is, which is really informative. And, um, and, and 
you can get a free coffee there as well while you're there and have a chat. So oh, sometimes us blokes just need an excuse to, to get out and do something before we before we have a coffee, don't we? So. <laughs> and only a few episodes back we had spoken about looking after men's mental health even after having um, a baby and having kids and a postnatal period, I suppose, for, for men. So mm. uh, having a group um, for all ages, I've seen there's all ages of men that go to sure. that men's yeah. walk. Before I had my first baby, I had this great idea of taking a, my, my golf trolley and my pram into the shed getting in there with the grinder and the welder and coming out with some sort of hybrid so that, so that I could take the baby for a walk and, and play around a golf at the same time. I thought, this is brilliant. <laughs> it didn't eventuate and, and then, you know, the baby came and, and reality set in a little bit more yeah. and the, sort of didn't realise how often the, 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 the sleeping and the waking and, and how unpredictable all of that is, of course. So um, And would they even go in the pram? Often exactly. they don't want to go to the exactly. You probably yeah. have better luck popping them on your back on a carrier and going playing around a golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just have to slow the swing down. I was going to say. Fling it off or I'll, I'll never get to do that again. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. there goes that. And so you're on the highway. What about, um, you've got a social media, Boston Physio have a Facebook page? Uh, we do, yes. Um, Look, probably the easiest way to come in and see us is just to give one of our friendly staff a call. Yeah. Uh, the number there is 97... Five two four one seven four. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll put um, links to their website, Facebook page, um, all the contact details on our show notes so that people can easily get in touch with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today yes, about pleasure. this big new area, which I actually think is is going to be quite a big area and you're going to see a mm. lot of people. We're going to see a lot more people in um, the health system talking about these sorts of things, whether it be the chronic fatigue or whether it's the long COVID, but it's... Mm. Yeah, interesting to see where this yeah, is going to go. Yeah, and I think the incidences are, of long COVID are probably higher than initially estimated. So, I think I think it will be something that continues to um, get more and more research, and we'll start to hear more and more about it. So, thank you very much. Right, thank you very much for having me on. I love it. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Alex. This show was brought to you by Batika Co. 